Filmmaker Commentary, episode 51. Welcome to Filmmaker Commentary, where we give you insights from our favorite filmmaking commentaries. These commentaries can be heard on your DVD and Blu-rays of your favorite movies. We'll show you how you can use these commentaries and apply them to improve your video production and filmmaking techniques. All of this here on Filmmaker Commentary. I'm your host, Reginald Titus Jr. Welcome to Filmmaker Commentary. I'm Reginald Titus Jr. I am joined with Casey G. Smith. Welcome back, sir. Good to be back, sir. And today we are talking about The Social Network, directed by David Fincher, 2010, and written by Aaron Zorkin. We had a budget of $40 million, and we had a box office of, what, $96.9 million domestically, $127.9 million foreign, together worldwide for $224.9 million. That's a win. We are winning. Yes, indeed. Also was nominated for eight Oscars, winning three for adapted screenplay, editing, and original score. Uh, It it was based on the book Accidental Billionaires by Ben Mesrick. Hopefully I'm saying your name right. Uh, He was a magnum cum laude from Harvard in 1991. Magnum cum laude. Am I saying that right? I said laude. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, magnum cum laude. Uh, who he wrote the the other book called Bringing Down the House, which turned into the movie Twenty One. You remember that film, Kevin Spacey? So Kevin Spacey, one of the people who were counting the cards, yeah, from MIT, yeah. Uh-huh. And Kevin Spacey executive produced that film, and he also and this film, which I you know that was like I saw his name in the credits. Mm, he, like, mm, he snuck it in there, didn't he? Well, I mean, he's he and and Fincher obviously have a good work relationship because right. then you'd see them in later on in House of Cards, yeah. which um, he helped produce some of those episodes True, as well. He was executive in that mm-hmm. one as well, and then of course in Seven. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's interesting. We start peeling back the layers, see how everybody's like kind of connected. Like I, I tell students all the time, people work with people that they like, True. that they that they get along with. I can dig it. Uh, before we go any further, we're gonna jump into movies watched. Movies watch. Anything you checked out this past week? So um, recently, as in today, yeah. uh, uh, aside from uh, getting caught up with the social network, I, I watched Manchester by the Sea, uh, the 2017 sure. release um, starring Casey Affleck, mm-hmm. which uh, won him an Academy Award for, for Best Lead Actor. And... Um, it was it was a pretty good film. What I, made you want to watch it? Well, the fact that it, it, it had so much Oscar buzz mm-hmm. the year that it came out, and the fact that that he won. Okay, uh, I was like, okay. You know, there was some controversy around it because he had some personal things going on. Uh, I also kept hearing about uh, Michelle Me Too Williams, mo- the Me Too movement, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. some things going on there. But wiped out a lot of people. That yeah, year. yeah. But I've also I've seen Casey Affleck and other things like The Killer and Me, and he's mm-hmm. he's 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 a really good actor. Mm-hmm. I, I got to give him give him props. Uh, but also heard a lot of things about Michelle Williams and her performance, mm-hmm. and so it's been one of those things where I, I would see it, you know, show up, and I was like, it, but the trailer just made it look kind of slow and, and drab <laughs> yeah. and dark, and I just wasn't ready. And finally, I was like, you know what? I, I want to see something that's a, you know Academy caliber film. There you go. And I said, I right, let's do it. Levels. And I uh, just popped it in, and or to, I should say, I you know clicked on it. I didn't pop in. Streamed it, people. <laughs> But I gave it gave it a watch, and I was impressed because I really didn't know what it was about uh, going it into. It sounds like a children's storybook or something. It's <laughs> Manchester by the Sea. <laughs> it's like the title helps you not at all. <laughs> 
But it, it's um, after watching it, does the title make sense? Yes, because Manchester is a location <laughs> by the sea. <laughs> so geographically, it's quite accurate. <laughs> Just ask it. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm aware of the, lo- the, the the setting. Has there ever been like a movie where you watch it and then like, why did they name it that? <laughs> yeah, when I was younger, I used to I used to like when when they would be on the nose and actually whatever the title of the movie is, I used to want them at some point to say it. Sharks three, you know, you know? I, I want them to say it somehow in, right. in the film. But now that I'm older, I'm like, oh, you know, then I'm yeah, I'm, I'm past that. Oh, okay, got but, it. Um, but yeah, I used to, I used to get upset when I was younger. They didn't even say the name of the movie. What you know, especially it was kind of an ominous you know kind of name, right. or or at least make reference to it. But the no, fly. No. Ah, yes, there it is. <laughs> there we go. Like, oh, aha. Um, but no, this, this it's it's well acted, it's well written, it's a, it's an emotional piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't go into any kind of spoilers, but um, Casey Affleck's character is is uh, is he's very macabre and in, in, in dark, and obviously throughout the course of the film, you you find out why he's kind of just. He's kind of just existing. He's not living, but just existing. Mm-hmm. And um, some things happen that change, that begin to change the course of his life and then begins to reveal some things of the past and why he is the way he is. Okay. And um, okay. and yeah, those those reveals are, the reveals are unexpected. And I was like, oh, wow. When, when you see it, you're like, oh. And I, I'm honestly surprised up to this point that I none of it had been spoiled for me. Bad. So, um, so yeah. And again, some, some, some really good performances. Okay. Um, but yeah, Manchester by the Sea. If you're feeling a little melancholy, <laughs> well, even if you're not, it's 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 worth checking out. Not not too not too long either. So. No comment. I saw the ending. <laughs> uh, so Re- Reginald Reginald showed up before we started recording and literally saw uh literally like like thirty seconds before the, the credits rolled. And it was like, nah, I'm not impressed. I'm like that. <laughs> I'm like, well, wasn't really too much going on there at the. Uh, it's <laughs> not but, the way to end a film. <laughs> yeah, but the end is it. It, it fits. Yeah, it's 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 not. Um, it's, <laughs> like not said, it's not a big. It's not a shootout or anything. It's not. It's not an exciting ending. I was like, <laughs> ah, okay, I can't. I can't. Uh, I can't disagree with you. Right. That the ending wasn't great, but it's it's more of a. Res- it's kind of a resolution. You have mm-hmm. to have here heard the dialogue and the conversations before. Nonetheless, Manchester <laughs> by the Sea, a helpful title to an water. insightful film. <laughs> Land by the Water. Anything else? Um, Any other films? I, I, <laughs> uh, not so much a, a film, but I did also watch the last episode of season three of True Detective. Okay. Uh, Mahershala Ali just crushing it. Uh, in, in this season, him and um, I'm, I'm remiss for not remembering the other actor's name that he acts alongside. But those two, they just, oh, man, they tear it up. This was a, a good, really good season. Mm-hmm. Um, and we didn't really touch on it, but he in the last episode, you know, we actually were watching the Oscars while we were about to record, and he's fresh off a win, second win at the Academy's awards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, he's he's doing his thing. Yeah. He's again, whether it's whether it's television. Whether it's film, dude brings it. Because again, sure. remember when? He, remember, remember when he was Cottonmouth in season one of Luke Cage? Oh yeah, for sure, dude. Yeah, that that performance, man. Uh, that maybe my it's one of my favorite performances by him. Dang. Uh, but then to see what he does in True Detective, 
so different, man. Mm-hmm. So different. The dude, dude has range. Yeah, uh, and Remy and House of Cards. That, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I saw those off. saw those things, and I also watched uh, Kevin Hart's uh, Black History. They're pretty good. It actually, yeah, it, okay. it's. I think it's great to sit down with your with your kids. It, it's done really well. It's it's a lot of um, reenactment, kind of mm-hmm. like a little, little bit of humor to them, but they're not like super super silly. Okay. Uh, it, it strikes a nice a nice tone. Okay. So yeah, about it was about fifty minutes I think uh, in okay. length. But I sat down and watched that and, and enjoyed it. How about you, man? I watched. Um... What, everything else? I got one more. Actually, right. I'm sorry. Right. No worries. And, I, and, I, and I, I meant to write it down. I, I can't believe that I didn't. I watched Detroit, directed by Catherine Bigelow. Yes, Hurt Locker. Yes. So how was that? Because she's a beast. She is. It's 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 well done. It's well directed, and you know I don't mind watching movies that you know deal with with race and, and hot topics. Uh, and sometimes you see them, and it might make you you know upset, might make you sad. Uh, might make you just you know introspective and then looking and mm-hmm. examining, asking questions. This movie made me angry, man. Yeah, like did. it made me. I was not ready. I saw mad. the trailer. I know it was well done by looking at the trailer, but it's a story that had to be told. Somebody yes. had to do it. But, I, um, I agree. But, but there you go. yeah, again, I'm not. I'm not mad at how the film was made, but yeah. I'm mad at the circumstances, yeah, the situation, of yeah. the story of what took place. Dude, it is infuriating, man. It, it, it and it's. I mean, very sensitive to this, you know, what was taking place at that time. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm part of me is, is surprised that we've had as as few riots within our country as we have. There's been a couple, and 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 riots are are are, are bad. I understand why people do it, but when you <clears throat> destroy businesses of other people who are also, you know, minorities, or whatever, uh, or anybody's business, I'm not, I'm not, you know, if anybody destroying people's businesses, but it's, 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 it's something. Uh, and, and that creates a certain atmosphere. But at the same time, I always, I always believe that our officers should be held to the highest of standards. They're supposed to be the ones who are there to serve and protect. And that could be taken different ways. But um, at the end of the day, um, they're supposed to protect. And even if you have somebody who's a, 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 a criminal, um, if they're not posing an actual physical threat, you know, then things should be handled a certain way. But in this in this film, you see just the tensions that that have risen and and things that unfold. And and I was I was surprised, and I felt I felt it was a little bit of uh, misleading uh, as far because I didn't know the story. But John Boyega, you know, is in the film, mm, yeah, and uh, he's kind of you know top build in it. Who his character is and the role that he plays it was not what I expected at all. Not what I expected at all from 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 the trailers. Yeah. But um, but yeah, this film is really well done. Uh, some really good performances, and I, I think it should have gotten. Both. I think it's one. It's, I think this is an example of one of those films that comes out so early. It comes out earlier in the year, and then people forget about it by the time that the Oscars roll around. I think it. Uh, what year was this one? This was last year. It was last year. It was um, so 2018. It came out in 2018. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it when was, you got a, if it came out in 2018, when you got a film like Black Panther that comes out in February, and you got Detroit, bruh, like everybody wants to feel good, and um, we're gonna go watch Black Panther. Thank you very much. Yeah, and it uh, uh, maybe it was 2017. It was 2017. Yeah, it says 2017 is when it dropped in theaters. August fourth, twenty seventeen. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, further back than I thought, but um, yeah. I'm not trying to feel like that in a theater. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, I could oh, I can only imagine, man, watching in the, in the in the theater. Yeah, I don't sign up for those movies too often. Yeah, it again, it, it, it literally after <laughs> I, was, I was I was I was pretty fuming like rage anyway so yeah sorry that but that was the other one that i that i watched uh if uh yeah if you, if you <laughs> are just curious about what was taking place definitely it's worth it's worth it's a good movie worth checking out but yeah it might might leave you a little a little miffed yeah after after the fact when you when you see what what went down and and how these people how these people were treated, and I, I just I marvel at some actors, especially Caucasian actors who take who will take roles as racists. Yeah, and you know having to get into it and and, and do it, and, and yeah, sometimes yeah, like the guy who plays the lead in this, the lead cop, man, like I don't know if I ever see him the same in any other movies. Uh, he 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 uh, he did his job well. He was very convincing. That's why I signed up for it. Yeah, man, I don't know. Anyway, what did you see, Reginald? Yeah, speaking of race, I watched Trigger Warning by Killer Mike on Netflix. Watched the first five episodes. Haven't gone to the sixth episode yet. Okay. So, um, yeah, you've been telling me about it, and, you know, I got to watch it. And my wife, she's like, you got to watch it. All right, fine. I'm going to watch it. I enjoyed it, man. All right, all right. I really dug it. So, uh, especially the, um, what's the episode, uh, when he tried to buy black for the whole day? The first one. That's the yeah, first one. Yeah. That was just, that, it was comedy, but it, and at the same time, it make you realize, like, hey, man, still got a long way to go. Yeah, man. Got a long way to go. Um, and then the, the whole white Jesus thing was kind of funny. It just, it made you think about, um, just religion in general as a business and all sure. that good stuff. So, the fact that he had he was uh, chopping it up with Creflo. Yeah, well, in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> okay, and even like some of the footage afterwards was kind of like I'm like, man, I wonder, I wonder if he got, got his man, approval to get that on there. I was that like, footage, Ooh. like it, yeah, when they were talking about <laughs> some people, some black folks need to listen to a white guy. I was like, ah, he said it, he said it. And then some of the conversations they were having it was kind of muted out. I was like, "Oh, what? What?" See, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, "I was like, oh man, I wonder if Kevlo signed off on that." Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. You ain't able to tell all the truth, man. Come on, I need this jet. <laughs> Come some slack. <laughs> yeah, Kevlo got in trouble for trying to get this jet a couple years back. Mm. Uh, so anyhow, that one was funny. That was uh, it was eye opening, funny, and pretty cool. Uh, then also watch Now You See Me Part Two. Jesse Eisenberg is in once that again. One. Yeah, I remember yeah. Uh, Mark Ruffalo was in the first one as well. Yep. Uh, I almost thought I thought I almost thought Kate Mara was in it, but it's not Kate Mara. It's a totally different actress. That's that I was, can't uh, think of her name. The other lady that makes appearance in this yeah. new one, and our guy uh, from Seven. What's our brother's name? Uh, from Seven, Brad Pitt and Oh Edward Norton. Mm-mm. Seven. Oh, Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. That's right. I'm tripping. Like Morgan I, I, Freeman. Morgan Freeman. How would you forgive me, Reginald? That's <laughs> <laughs> what I like to call uh, subpar. <laughs> Less is more. <laughs> Less is more. <laughs> so yeah, that one. That I'm. I've always been a fan of magic. Uh, like back in the day, I wanted. To, I used to go to the magic store all the time, buy stuff. Cars, I didn't know that. Like, okay, dude. Like I was into all that. So. Though, even though the movie's kind of cheesy, like I still enjoy it. Sure. So, and then because you're dealing with magic and you're doing special effects, you can make the magic 
tricks even appear better because it's a movie about magic. Yes, sir. Shout out to Chris Nolan and what movie was that? The Prestige. Prestige. Yeah. That's an awesome. That's an awesome. Bruh. Yeah. Nolan, if you're listening, <laughs> we'd love for you to do some commentaries on your. Films. Did he do a current? Did he? I thought he did. He did a commentary on that one. Well, well, well. Yep. The plot thickens. You you can do some more commentaries. <laughs> yeah. Just gonna put that out there. As well. <laughs> yeah, he is a brilliant filmmaker. Um. Any rate. Uh, so that's it for movies that I've watched. Movies that Casey's watched, and let's get back into the show. All right, thanks for tuning in. We're here talking about The Social Network, directed by David Fincher in 2010, written by Aaron Zorkin. Let's jump into the synopsis. In 2003, Harvard undergrad and computer genius Mark Zuckerberg begins work on a new concept that eventually turns into the global social network known as Facebook. Six years later, he is one of the youngest billionaires ever. But Zuckerberg finds that his unprecedented success leads to both personal and legal complication when he ends up on the receiving end of two lawsuits, one involving his former friend. This is based on the book The Accidental Billionaires, The Social Network. So what did you think about the film, man? And how were you introduced to it? Man, I first watched this film. I didn't watch it in theaters. I... I think I got it through Netflix mm-hmm. uh, on on a disc, or possibly streamed it. I don't I don't remember which way, but mm-hmm. it was it was a number of years ago. I remember watching it and being kind of blown away. Like, wow, uh, is this the, the story behind this? And uh, having mixed feelings about <laughs> uh, about having a Facebook account. Then, like, oh man, I don't know about this. Now, of course, I didn't close it down. I, you know, right. like, hey. I'm in in the in the system already. Yes, but uh, just really Im- Im- impressed, and I like I like films that at times kind of jump around. Uh, and yeah. the fact that you know this this does that, and just the performances. I mean, from 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 Eisenberg uh, to uh, Andrew Garfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't realize at the time that Army Hammer was wasn't a twin. Yeah. Um, those effects are done really really well I mean it's seamless even now when I look at it I'm like I can't tell mm-hmm. I mean you know they're using some tricks now but but you can't still I mean I can see the CGI on, on like two of the scenes really yeah. on, on DVD I couldn't tell oh uh, yeah well actually no, even, even I, I actually streamed when I watched I streamed it on Stars, and then I, I did DVD if, just for the commentary DVD is harder to see yeah. for sure um but on the HD, you can see, especially if you're close up on the screen, see, you I was can see that. It. Yeah. yeah, okay, that makes that makes that makes more sense. But yeah, on DVD, uh, seamless. Yeah, I'm like, huh. Um, but yeah, no, I, I dug it, and even now rewatching it, uh, I enjoyed rewatching it, and then doing mm-hmm. the commentary. I think I watched. I told you, I watched both commentaries. So technically, I've, I've. So you watched like back? Oh, so you watched the the right? Yeah. Yeah. So three three viewings, well, and I was okay with that. Yeah. And I was okay with that. So. Yeah, kudos to you, Fincher. Yes, and uh, and everybody in Sorkin and everybody uh, involved. Uh, yeah. And I and I, I haven't I had a greater appreciation for the performances and the nuances of the performances. Mm-hmm. Somebody mentioned to me before that they thought Andrew Garfield should have gotten a nod for best supporting actor, and I I will agree with that. Especially he, has, I didn't know he was he has a British accent and all that. I was like, I had no idea. Yeah, well that, done. Yes, the scene at the end um, when he's you know, basically getting screwed over when he, when he, when he yells, um, mm-hmm. Zuckerberg's name 
and opens the doors. His is the walk that he does. I love it, man. I love that 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 walk as he makes his way over there. He's plugged in. He's plugged in. Yeah. And he, ah, smashes the laptop. Justin Timberlake is a jerk. Yeah. So how about you, man? How were you introduced to the social network? I watched this. Um, this was when I was really studying David Fincher because I was just going through all his films. So it was around 2013. And I was just popping his films in. And I, this one, I was like, what is this? This is great. You know, mm. I, I, you know, when I saw the trailer and all that stuff, I wasn't really, I didn't really care too much. You know, like, eh, whatever. It's another one of those films, whatever. But um, starting to study David Fincher, I was like, all right, I was interested to it. And this the pacing is is perfect because if you just look at it for what it is a bunch of people sitting down it's a legal talking head. yeah talking head film legal battle boring it's supposed to be boring but it's not some kind of way yeah we'll get to the style of it but they figured out how not to make it boring and i think a good part of the credit goes to sorkin you know yes. the way the way shoot, he does dialogue. shoot yes yeah <laughs> the way that he does dialogue it's pretty amazing uh, man um What's the, the his his directorial debut? Uh, mm-hmm. The film that he it came out last year, uh, and it has mm, I'm blanking on uh, Jessica Chastain in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mrs. Sloan. No, 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 it's no, not Mrs. Sloan. That's not. That's I don't not know. Him. I remember. Yeah, he's getting into directing, but I didn't see the film or Molly's Game. There we go. Molly's Game. Molly's okay. Game. Okay. Yeah, that one. Have you seen that one? Yeah, pretty I, good. I, I, it is. It is. I wish it had commentary, but yeah, I watched that one uh, earlier this year. Okay, and check that out. And again, Sorkin obviously wrote and and directed it, and it's got that same kind of pace. Mm-hmm. Likewise, it's kind of like a you know, it's a lot of talking head kind of stuff. But Aaron talks about um, you know, uh, there's special features, but he really likes talking about how uh, the rhythm of how someone talks, and that's the stuff that he likes. The rhythm. Any rate, um, so his uh, you, you should be able to pick out his type of dialogue very quickly. Mm-hmm. Overall, what'd you think about the commentary though? Um, I thought the commentary was 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 good. It's, it's what I typically expect from Fincher. He's always he's always very complimentary mm-hmm. uh, of his of his his cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a lot of high praise for 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 Jesse uh, Eisenberg, sure. uh, and even you know when he talked about Rooney. Uh, Morrow, of course, who he would work with in the future with the girl with the dragon tattoo. You know, you constantly hear about you know obviously you know the the, the number of takes. Uh, and it, when you listen to the the um, the writer and cast commentary, they they talk about some of that as far as how many takes that they that they did to get all the you know to get all the coverage. But uh, yeah, I mean, I always enjoy Fincher's commentary. It, it was it seemed it seemed standard fare. You know, yeah, doesn't introduce it. Just kind of comes right into it. <laughs> Uh, like, 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 almost like, hey, welcome back, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and it, it almost starts kind of like the movie does. It's almost like he would, had Abruptly. been talking yeah. and just kind of goes into it. But it kind of makes you got to, you know, pull. Okay, did I miss something? I was mm-hmm. like, no, we're just we're just going right into this. So. Feels like he was just talking. Then they just, oh, you, you got to hit record, and then and then there we go. We're not. I'm not starting again. I'm just going to keep recording. <laughs> yeah. How about you? What 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 do you think? This time around. His his commentary he, it's insightful sometimes technical just depends on how he feels that day, mm-hmm. um, boring you know just like the tone of his voice just like I'm going to sleep you know but censored I didn't the move the commentary was actually censored did you like notice that yeah yeah I, I did. was like what what are we doing here so like some yeah. things that he was saying they had censored out in the film and they also censored it on the commentary that's sure. my first time seeing that hearing that 
Yeah, I did find that odd because even on the other commentary, uh, Sorkin, when they talk about what was on the, that that note that was sent to Zuckerberg when he was in the classroom, he said originally it said beep. You know, yeah, I'm like man, um, it gained my interest though. I'm like, now I got to go read the screenplay. Yeah, but it's, it's the same thing happened when Sorkin was talking about it as well. Uh-huh. Uh, he said it originally said beep 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 beep. You know, and it's like I was like, huh. So I don't know if that was a, a creative decision mm-hmm. made by those that produced the commentary itself. Because not too many commentaries where they're just cussing up a storm. But if it, the movies are rated R, it doesn't really matter. That's and true. So I was assuming just because this is a PG thirteen, maybe that's the reason why they bleep some of the. Often they'll just say the the opinions expressed by so so do do have don't point. reflect those do of the point. studio. Mm-hmm. So okay, let them express their opinion. It it was it was odd, and even if it did say whatever, mm-hmm. you know, typically in a PG thirteen movie, you have typically the two f bombs that you can drop. Speaking of which, but also the commentary is not rated by the MPAA. I would assume only the film itself for theatrical release. This is yeah. for home release. You can get it rated because um, mm. I'm looking on the MP. Was it the MPAA? Trying to remember what site it was on. But do they rate commentary tracks? Though? When they do the, uh, uh, whenever you're doing the E&O and all that stuff, they ask is like the different version of the film. Is this one rated? Right. I was say the unrated version at times you get. Yeah. Then you don't have to worry. Or about a director's it. cut. I don't know. Yeah. So so if they did rate it, the it would make sense why it's bleeped out. But I found that interesting. But the overall commentary at the end of the day was very informative. Mm-hmm. I, I, I still enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, this, out of all the David Fincher films, I think this is probably one of my favorite ones right under Fight Club. And the pacing is done well. And probably just because of the amount of preparation that they put into this film uh, really, really shows. It feels like it's a love. Like they were passionate about this. Yeah, it it is. It's condensed. It's tight. It's just... It's know. not a normal David Fincher film. Like usually, a David Fincher was like, "Let's add an extra thirty minutes to this." <laughs> yeah, it's it's tight, and it's like, all right, we're, we're getting in, boom, we're getting out. Because it easily could have been an extra thirty minutes messing yeah. with David Fincher. Honestly, when it when it ended, I was like, "Oh, it's it's done." I I I was expecting there to be, I was expecting it to be longer. Mm-hmm. Really, the spot when it came to it, I was like, "Oh, I thought this was a longer film." And I would have been okay. And it was if, two hours. Yeah, it's a tight. It's a tight two hours though. Well, considering yeah. the the subject matter and the content, it could yeah. have. Yeah, it could have gone. Long. I was happy about that. It's like cool. Good job, Fincher. No more of that Zodiac stuff. No, Zing, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> Uh Special features. So on the Blu-ray, I had a DVD and a Blu-ray, but I lost one of my DVDs. It was a DVD two disc. I lost it, so I had to go purchase the Blu-ray. But on the Blu-ray, you have like a full feature, like documentary, talking about how they were able to put this whole movie together. It was like an hour and a half this oh, documentary, that whole thing. And they're interviewing the editors. They're interviewing Jesse Eisenberg. They're they're going to everybody, kind of talking about the process. Um, and also, you have featurettes um, on the first, was it, no, on the second disc, which is like supplemental material. And it, um, you'll they'll talk to the composer, uh, go behind the scenes on how he did to compose it. They'll talk to the DP about the visuals and all that stuff. And overall, it's pretty good. Man, well, I I checked out the DVD mm-hmm. for the library, and mm-hmm. it only had the two commentary tracks. So I feel <laughs> gypped. Of course, yeah. I, I mean, I I guess I got what I didn't pay for. So <laughs> it was free. I'm like, man, when you yeah, mentioned all this. I'm like. 
that gum. <laughs> a whole hour and a half. But that's why it was a trip, though, because on the DVD, it had the documentary on the second disc, but it was on just one disc. <laughs> Just one just Jackson. I got the I got I got the free edition. Yeah. They were like uh uh yeah, this is the uh cost cutting measures edition. Right. You just get the commentary tracks, bruh. Man, it, it. the thing that was a trip is how they created like the dorm room, like where um uh, Justin Timberlake when they introduced his character, that was just a lot. That was just a little little set. They lit it up and it looked like daylight. Oh, like this is a trip, man. Oh, yeah. uh, even um, uh, uh, Andrew Garfield when his stuff get when his crazy girlfriend lights his stuff on fire, like yeah. that's another set. Like it's it's crazy how they were able to pull it off in just one lot after they left Boston. But at any rate, uh, special features. This is definitely worth getting. Uh, it was only like five ninety nine at Movie Trade and Co. So definitely worth picking up for sure. I might have to. Swing back around. Yeah, man. Add that to your collection. It's worth it. Um, what what do you think like some of the themes were in the film? Real quick before themes, mm-hmm. uh you'd ask me what I thought about the commentary as a whole. Again, I mentioned oh, my bad. that I watched two commentaries. So That's right. My so, bad. No, no worries, man. Yeah. So the the second commentary track has has the writer Aaron Sorkin. Mm-hmm. Uh and, and he's by himself. Mm-hmm. Then it also has Jesse Eisenberg also by himself. Uh it has Justin Timberlake by himself. So are they like switching back, like kind of cutting back and mm-hmm. forth they between back those? And forth. Got it. And then it, then it has uh, Army Hammer and Andrew Garfield together along with, uh, so the guy who, who acted alongside Army Hammer as the other twin, uh, Paul, uh, what's this dude's name? I, I, I want to make sure I, I... I wonder if they took um, the audio from the documentary and and pasted it in. I don't know because they were they were actually watching it and oh they were yeah, okay no okay. they were, they were actually then commenting, they didn't then they, they were, didn't yeah they were commenting directly on okay got uh, it. on the film as it played through uh, and they they were talking about some of their own reactions and that's where like this I actually think it's actually worthwhile listening to because some of the insights that they give as cast members because they were kind of like to some degree in in isolation so for example mm-hmm. like Andrew Garfield he didn't act with with Army Hammer. And uh, what is this other guy's name? Not even in the, in the hallway um, sequence when uh, he first was introduced to them, they weren't in the same. No, Zuckerberg room. was um, Zuckerberg was by himself. He he had just come downstairs, and they and they see him and say, "Hey, you know, um, that was brilliant." They say, hey, "Come, come, come, come with us, or whatever." And he's yeah. like, "Okay." And that's when he goes to their their fraternity house or their whatever place. And um, yeah, so no, he's it's uh, kind of isolated. Well done. Yeah. So yeah, really, they they didn't do anything uh, together. So when they are watching the film, Josh Pence is the other is the other guy. He he was he was he mainly was Tyler uh, Winklevoss. Whereas mm-hmm. Army Hammer, uh, while Army played both because they used his his face and, mm-hmm. and all that, he was he was Cameron Winklevoss. Okay. But after they they had had seen the film, seen the performances, their perceptions. Uh, had changed because you know with 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 uh, Josh and Army playing the Winklevosses, they were staunchly on their side. Yeah, they're dug in. They had been you know robbed and all this kind of stuff. Right. And after seeing the film and seeing uh, Zuckerberg's side, and they were like, oh, seeing the nuances, it, it, it kind of shifted their mindset a little bit. Uh, and even with with Andrew, a- Andrew seems like he's very like kind of on 
on the side of uh, the character that he was playing. He seems to really take to Eduardo's side, even though originally, you know, I'm sure you saw this in the comment, but originally he had he had uh, read for Zuckerberg. Uh, okay. Yeah, originally originally he had read to for Zuckerberg, and then Fincher said, "Yeah, I, I want you to I want you to go ahead and, and, to, and to read for uh, for Eduardo." You know, and you know, put that time in there and, and do that, and <laughs> and and he did, uh, and and that, and that, and that kind of that and that gave him a unique perspective because he had right. gotten to know Zuckerberg's character from pairing, which helped him then with the friendship aspect. That worked, uh, and him and Jesse really kind of connected also, and they did lots of behind the scenes. But it was I, I enjoyed. You know, actors' commentaries can be hit or miss. This I enjoyed this one. It had some some very interesting okay, insights okay. Uh, between between switch between them. and even Timberlake. I, I enjoyed hearing Timberlake's take on um, taking on the role of uh, Sean Parker. Yes, the creative Napster. And he he usually specifically spoke to his his parts. And even hearing the other actors talk about when when there were scenes with working with with Timberlake, mm-hmm. they had they had they had good things to good things to say. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what are some of the themes of this film? Uh, just a couple of, of themes. Uh, one of my things I put was uh, pay attention, mm-hmm. because at the at the very full, I mean, the whole purpose of both these lawsuits are two people, two groups. Mm-hmm. Then at some point, when it came to Mark, that they didn't pay attention, mm-hmm. and that's what they got got. You know, um, with the Winklevosses and their and their their uh, partner. They, they should have got something in 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 writing and and made it legal. And <laughs> well, we know about that. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, and even then, you know, things could still you know go odd. But just yeah, that communication they were going back and forth with email when they mm-hmm. they should have pinned pinned him down and said, okay, wait, what what are you really doing? You know, what are you working on? And they mm-hmm. and they gave their idea up. But then also on Eduardo's side, again, when they sat down with those lawyers. And, you know, he was asking those questions here and there, but then, you know, didn't read over the documents for himself or have his own lawyer kind of read through them, you know, because he thought he could trust his his friend. Uh, but he already saw kind of moves being made and, and Sean working his way in. And uh, mm-hmm. that was just, man, that that sucked. But, yeah. Um, they, uh, they reincorporated and then, yeah, so taking Facebook, reincorporated in Delaware. <laughs> mm. Which, if y'all know about Delaware, there's reasons why all the big companies incorporate in Delaware. There's some things you can't do in other states. But yeah, he was saying in the deposition that he thought they were his lawyers. His too. lawyers, yeah, yeah, because they're representing the company, they're representing all of us, all of our, all of our respective interests. Um, but when you hear about his his shares being diluted, diluted, and only only his shares yeah, were the ones yeah, where nobody else's were, I'm like, that's where. Stabbing the back. Yeah. And that's where, again, in the commentary, hearing Jesse Eisenberg, him talk about Mark, he talks about him with a, with a level of, of fondness. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's interesting. And it kind of sees him as, you know, just a guy who was, you know, just taking a good business opportunity. Right. And, and even though he, he, he there's a way he said it at the end. I was like, oh, no, <laughs> I did. I just didn't agree with what, what he said. Uh, yeah. Uh, that, you know, even though he, he said he's not a bad friend, he just he, he put his preference on on the business. And I'm like, no, that does make you a bad. <laughs> that's exactly what a, a bad friend is. And, uh, yeah. Anyway. And again, he, he didn't have to do his partner like that, he, even though they, they disagreed. And, and mm-hmm. you know, he's trying to 
do the ad revenue thing. Okay, fine with you disagreeing, but you could have you could have made it work and still taken care of your boy. Yeah. Um, Which I think he kind of made up for because they at the end they talk about like the settlements and how much money they got. Like the Winklevoss got like sixty five million or something like right. that. Right. He got undisclosed. Undisclosed, but if you look online, um, it was like in the billions. Right. Uh, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, look, I, I actually looked him up, and yeah. uh, his <laughs> net worth. Oh man, how was it? How much is it now? I think it would have been like quoted. two or four billion, something like that. But yeah. had things kind of been, you know, he kept the same percentage. It would have been like thirty-four billion. He would have been like top ten billionaire. Yeah, so that's oh. not that's that's still a B though, regardless. Yeah, but that's like going back to the example of what Parker says to uh, to Mark Zuckerberg when they're at mm-hmm. the club and he talks about the guy who started up uh, Victoria's Secret and what mm-hmm. he sold it for. Um, except in this case, you know, Eduardo didn't have a, a choice. He was. You know, kind of right. screwed out because he didn't pay attention. So, <laughs> hey, pay attention to the money. Pay attention to the legal things. Law and money. Finances and law are the two things that when we, if we don't pay attention, yes, we we will we can and will get in trouble. And not knowing is not an excuse. Not knowing will not protect you when it comes to finances and law. Not knowing the law is no excuse. I don't know. That's true. That it is absolutely true. I'm saying the quote wrong. But anyway. But the principle, the principle's there. Yeah. yeah. Not knowing the law is, is is not an excuse. Oh, I didn't know I couldn't do that. It's not <laughs> Dave Chappelle used that. I didn't know I couldn't do that. Sorry, officer, I didn't know I couldn't do that. <laughs> I'll handle this, Dave. Don't, don't worry. <laughs> But that's that's one of my themes. What, what, what about you, Reginald? Um, I'm quoting Kevin Spacey, the executive producer. A brutal film about ambition. Mm. That's what he yeah. said. Ambition. Brutal. And I, that's why I really like the film, though. It's uh, outside of how well it's crafted. Business. I went to a business university. I really like business. I like movies about business, about the grind, about the startup, about Mm, being broke and then all of a sudden cracking through coming up yeah uh really enjoy those you know business movies so um yeah uh ambition okay i have a, a question in the form of a theme who are your friends mm-hmm. and to to yeah, yeah. look at this film and, and 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 ask that hard question uh from even looking at at mark Mm-hmm. Who would he consider his friends? Now, again, in the commentary, it it uh, Mark um, Jesse speaks to speaks to this, mm-hmm. and and the scene where Eduardo says to to Mark in the deposition, mm-hmm. "I was your only friend." Now, Jesse says that well, that statement it's it's a false statement. Oh, because he has other friends. Yeah, you know the other guy that he brought on who has a percentage of the company that that was in their dorms. Who's who? Was at oh, the, the guy I, that was plugged in. Mm-hmm, and at the recording of this played commentary, by Dustin Moss. Yeah. At the recording of the commentary, was still an employee at Facebook. So yeah. Mark had other friends, but for Eduardo to say that in the deposition, then it being recorded helps his case, helps his side. Got a point. Um, Ambition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it makes you. It, it, it does bring in the question. The film brings who are who are your your friends? Um, Which is ironic, you know, because you're building a platform about friendship in a way. You know? Exactly. You know, and, and a guy who seems maybe. Well, in the context of the film, the character of Mark Zuckerberg in the film seems like he's trying to be social, but, you know, kind of, as it says at the beginning and the end, you know, when when uh, Rooney, Mars, uh, Rooney Mars' character is talking to him, and she says, you know, you think that, and it's kind of getting a little quote, but you think that girls won't 
maybe like you because you're a nerd. That's not going to be the reason why. It's going to be because you're an a-hole. Mm-hmm. And then at the very end, uh, you have Rashida Jones saying, you know, I think you're, I think you, you, you're, you know, you're not a bad guy. You know, you're, you're not a a-hole. You're just trying too hard to be one. Bookend. Boom. Who are who are your friends? Mm-hmm. Even even when it comes to Mark and 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 Sean, are they really friends, or is Sean is Sean just there for the business opportunity because he saw uh, Facebook? And even though he still has a you know part ownership or whatever, if he if he was a real friend, would he you know try to rein in some of his vices to not embarrass the the company? Or that's just who he is. Like you say, know your friends. That's just the kind of guy he is. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it's 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 interesting. Yeah, you know, who are who are your friends? Who are your friends? One more as does does anyone own an idea? No, I, I can't uh, necessarily disagree with that. Again, you put it free. out there. Yeah, yeah, they are. <laughs> um, and and one of the quotes that uh, Zuckerberg has is that you know just because you know, a guy who makes a a chair does he owe it to does everybody who makes a chair in the future owe him? Mm-hmm. You know, because he made a chair or invented the first chair. Well, no, of course not. Nope. So, yeah. Ideas are free until you turn them into an actual product or something. Keep that in mind, boys and girls. Yes. You can have an idea for a film, but who cares? Everybody has an idea. When you make your treatment, copyright it. Now, now it's intellectual them. property. Yes. So protect your... Protect your ideas. Yep. Turn them into something tangible. Ideas are free. Not that very valuable either. Mm. <laughs> well, this Facebook was a... Well, it's not... He made it. He created intellectual property. That's sure. what's valuable. Sure. The code is valuable. Indeed. Not the idea. Okay. So, style. So, you had a, like a lot of... Like the feeling of the film. It had like a lot of amber colors. It was dark. It had, well, go ahead. For those two brothers, that idea got them 64 mil. Well, you know what? They had a case, though. They they did have a case, especially being there from the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, being there from the beginning, it's one of those things where even though Mark Zuckerberg is probably right because of those interactions via email and all that, there's something going on there. Sure. So <laughs> they he have was, he like. Was, he was deceived. He was. He wasn't upfront. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't up up front. He had he had agreed to do something with them and for them and had a, yeah. a verbal, at least a verbal agreement. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then yeah, agreed. And um, and from Garfield, um, Eduardo, from his perspective, you know, he actually had some. Was it the algorithm for the first face smash? Yeah, smash smash. Yeah. So he had an algorithm for that, but then also by putting money into seed it, money. He had the seed money, so he has more of of the pie. But yeah, hey, got to pay the cost. Yes, sir. <laughs> and it was a, at that point, at the end of the day, those was, those was, were was drops in the bucket for you know as, as he became a billionaire. Sixty four mil. It is a drop a million in the bucket. Hurts. A million hurts. A million still hurts. Sure, <laughs> a million will be missed. How about that? Probably sixty five will still be missed by somebody. By somebody, <laughs> and who knows what he, what they had going in legal fees because those both those came at the same time. Yeah, so you know you, you probably lowered up real nice. Had the especially for you know a billion. Think about that though. That hurts. But you know, did he feel obligated though? Because he he know this guy was the seed money. Yeah, totally. Yeah, uh, yeah that was a different situation. From overall style, you know, you had the amber colors. It was dark. Shot digitally. It was shot on the red. Uh, one thing that I do like about like David Fincher's style is that a lot of times his films are just locked down, static shots. 
and they mm-hmm. glide. So when people move across, they just glide along with them on a dolly track or whatever. Very rarely is his shots moving around. You know, I think he said there was only one time that he had like a handheld shot. The rest of the times it was locked down, tripod, dolly, solid, slick. Like he, his personality is always in the composition of his films. Uh, totally, no, totally. He's going to be prepared, and and it, it, yeah, speaks to his like stability. Yeah, and there is only yeah only one handheld shot in the film, and it's mm-hmm. at the end. It was uh, during the Sean Parker scene when uh, the cops come in, and he's running towards the door, and the camera's like right behind Justin Timberlake as he's going to the door, and he gets busted for cocaine and all that. Yeah, that's the only time. Yeah, yeah, that that's the one I was trying to. I was like, man, where was it at? Yeah, that that is the one. And you're right. Uh, I made notes. Yeah, the uh, muted. Muted colors throughout. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just very drab. Mm-hmm. Uh, it works. Uh, something about all of it works. And even though they weren't, they couldn't, like Harvard didn't cooperate with them. Mm-hmm. So they they uh, shot at, uh, was it, it Johnston? John Hopkins? John Hopkins. There we go. John mm-hmm. Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just, you know, set dress things and, and use some digital effects. One one interesting thing style-wise was towards the end and, and actually in the in the actor's commentary jesse made mention of this so mm-hmm. speaking of that scene where the handheld on 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 sean when sean calls mark mark picks up the phone and frame wise he's he's on he's on one side of the frame yeah when it cuts back to sean sean's on the other side of the frame mm-hmm. and then when sean moves to the other side of the frame then when it cuts back to Mark, Mark's now on the other side of the frame Smart. Uh, as well. And, and, he, and, and, and That's visually appealing when you do that. Yeah, and just that he, he didn't notice it until he saw the film and he come and I was like, he said, watch, 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 when it switches, I'm like, oh man, that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> so yeah, man, Fincher just on top of it. Beast. And all the composition that was done, again, for, yeah, for Army Hammer and Josh Pence, mm-hmm. uh, those two, well, for one, Pence being willing to have his head you know, digitized as Army Hammers is, you know, kudos to him. And he has one quick cameo. We actually see his face playing somebody else. Uh, right. Right. Uh, at, at, the, at the club. But, uh, you know, those two had to coordinate together. And they said by the, by the end of their time, like they were like, they had gotten so close. They were like finishing each other's sentences and, and almost like, Perfect. like almost like twins. Um, but just again, the composite of, of that, I think just, man, uh, at least again, what I watched on, on DVD, it yeah, the the effect is 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 pretty pretty amazing. It is, it, and the way you know, we'll talk about it a little bit later, just how they were able to pull it off to trick your eyes into thinking that the faces were always painted on when actually it wasn't. Because mm-hmm. it had some pretty similar things in in terms of the, just how they they look in general, mm-hmm. and even some of the behind you know over the shoulder shots or things right. of that nature. They or the yeah have one kind of out of out of focus uh, right in, in the backdrop. <laughs> well done. Yes, I mean as as a whole, all you can say. That, this is a well done film. It was, man. This quality through and through. Trivia. Over 268 hours of footage, which had to be trimmed down to two hours. How much? 268 hours. Yeah. So, for example, like the scene with um, when they're in the, the deposition and it's uh, the twins, their partner, Rashida Jones, Andrew Garfield. Both of the lawyers, like the room is just packed. Those are two separate depositions, though, because yeah. the twins are, n- are never in there with Andrew, Rashida, Rashida, uh-huh. Mark, and his lawyers. Andrew, 
and his legal team. Dang, they, that's they, one. That's one deposition. Right. It's the orange and, one where. The, and that's in the newer. That's like in California somewhere. Versus where the twins mm-hmm. are at with their business partner. Yeah. That's kind of and that's juxtaposed to kind of show the differences in in the the. the okay, so that room, the one where. Um, Mark Zuckerberg's drawing on his notepad in that particular room. Yeah, because he's on the other side of the table. Also, mm-hmm. he's also on different on different sides. Right. Um, within that, yeah. So when he's on the the left side, mm-hmm. that's with the twins. So in that particular one, you've got over six or seven angles mm. being, being shot. It might have been more than that from different angles. Probably had like eight to twelve take, eight to twelve different setups. And mm. in those eight to twelve different setups, you probably have like fifteen to twenty takes. Yeah, that's Fincher. We know this. <laughs> that's Fincher. He said that uh, also in the in the very first scene. Uh, Je- Jesse, uh, I think, uh, and well, actually, you know, Fincher may have mentioned this, but that first scene with Rooney, they shot it ninety nine times. And Sorkin, Sorkin, I think is the one who mentioned it. Because mm-hmm. uh, he said, you know, they said, they said, yeah, we shot this thing 99 times. And we tried to, you know, we tried to <laughs> encourage Richard, why don't you just do one more to make it 100? And he's like, no, we got what we need. And Jason, uh, Jesse Eisenberg, in the documentary, he says that um, that felt, out of all, like, everything that they shot, that one felt like, even though they did 99 takes, they still wanted to do more. Mm. It still felt fresh. It felt like they did something, like on a stage play. Like, you, as an actor, you feel like, Huh. He called he said like orgasm. So it was like but that's the only thing he can kinda equate it to. Sure. So as an actor you get that satisfaction that you've done something. Well, it is powerful and they say, you know, Sorkin mentions that he likes to start movies off with people already talking like they're in the midst of something. Right. Because then it a lot of times it forces audiences to to have to feel feel the uh, the obligation to focus and to try and catch up. Because mm-hmm. oh this is this is going right this already started and so having them kind of start mid conversation it does kind of draw you in and it's such a, a a unique conversation because he's talking so fast and it's almost like he's he's boom 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 here and there but then like she's you know Rooney I I, I really dig her dialogue and like mm-hmm. she's like not afraid in, in in like standing up to this to this guy and she's like what, you know boom 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 and even like when she says I think we should just be friends and he's like well I don't I don't, I don't want you know I don't I don't want friends and she's like. I'm just being polite. I have no intentions of being. I was like, oh man, I love it. But that um, dialogue and, and, and then back and forth, I could, I could see it's it's a it's a fantastic uh, opening scene. Yeah, it's uh, perfect. It lets you know who Mark Zuckerberg is in in this way. Like, man, jerk, yeah. unlikable. Yeah, and and it, and again, and, it, and it's it's it has a degree of irony that that this guy who is socially awkward. Uh, would start up a social network. Who the the guy who starts the movie off, off losing somebody in his social network mm-hmm. would would go to 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 build one. You know, she's the muse. Indeed, indeed. There, Fincher mentioned there about a, 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 a there are hundreds of composites of blue screens throughout the film, mm-hmm. uh, and that you know when you're going through and watching and before you get those composites in, it's like you know you kind of can feel nervous about it. He said you know once they're all in, he was like, oh okay, this doesn't look dumb anymore. You know, but I, I can only imagine, man. Like, you just, I mean, because there's so many screens just throughout. Yeah, yeah, they killed it. Um, another trivia: there's an actor. His name is Dustin Moss, who was also a child actor in Jurassic Park. He was a guy that in the computer lab. He's like, hey, he's asking Mark Zuckerberg like about a girl, and mm-hmm. then it sparks the relationship status on Facebook. 
but anyhow, I was like, man, I, I, his face looked familiar. I was like, I know that face, but I don't know where. Mm. And then when they mentioned Jurassic Park, I was like, oh, yes, of course. He left us. He left us. <laughs> That's not what I'm going to do. <laughs> At any rate. <laughs> and, he, and he tried to kind of he tries to keep that kind of under wraps because obviously yeah. you know he, he probably gets recognized all the time and, and he said towards the end I think Fincher Fincher didn't even realize it yeah. uh, until towards the end I think somebody else mentioned it to him he was kind of you know the actor was 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 concerned if if you know anybody said <laughs> that's got to recognize suck, man. that branding you know yeah there are worse things and you're an, there you're an actor. are worse things. Also, between Army and um, Josh Pierce, one of them mentioned in their commentary that once they landed the role, one of them put on 15 pounds within three weeks, uh, just bulking up for the role. Wow. Yeah. I'm like, what? 15 pounds in three weeks. Interesting. Yeah. They had to eat like 10,000 calories or something like that because um, the guy said when you start doing the roaring, because what's the other guy's name? Not Army. Josh. Josh. Josh Pence. He had um, experience doing the role, mm-hmm. but Army did not. But even though Army was in shape, they said, you're not in roaring shape. Not in roaring shape. They said, you got to eat about 10,000 plus calories a day because if you don't, you're going to be skinny by the time you're done. you're burning that much. That's wild. Yeah. Pence, I think it actually, I think he, oof, I think he said he actually competed against one of the uh, Winklevosses. Really? Yeah. In in. I don't I don't know where, but like it's in 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 a setting like actually competed against. It might have been in high school or something, but actually had like competed against one of them at, at one point. Full circle. Yes, sir. Any more trivia? That's that's all I have for trivia, man. How about you? I'm good. Favorite scenes? Mm. When the Winklevosses meet with the president of Harvard. <laughs> I really Gary I really, Oldman's manager, right or agent? Yeah. yeah. Who? Again, in the actor commentary, they mentioned that he actually also also was like uh, a talk show host, uh, like filling yeah. occasionally for like Rush Limbaugh, uh, occasionally, <laughs> and uh, you know, you know, obviously has his opinions and things of that nature, but is mm-hmm. does not as Fincher says does not suffer fools. Yeah, and Fincher was just like like just knew he was the right person, and they, and they were they were actually quite uh, impressed by you know his humor and, and, the, and that, and they said, but that was actually one of the, one of the longest days. I mean that that. Really? Yeah, they went through a lot. But you of know what? He had so many angles, though. Yeah, that's the reason, dude. It was like so many angles. You got the angle with them, like kind of low, where you don't see their faces. So that's kind of smart because you can have both guys at the same time. You don't have to True. see their faces. Uh, but then you got man. There was a lot of angles in that in that sequence, and it said it took them six months to edit that sequence. Six months to edit that sequence. sequence. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> six. Oh man. Well, I liked it so. Uh, I'm not going to complain about it. I'm like, all right, it good flowed. job. It flowed. <laughs> I'm like, good job. That's the stuff. But yeah. but 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 Fincher also said that you know doing so many takes, you know, he kind of got the guy upset a little bit, which kind of helped you know bring some of the uh, some of the emotion out, some of the the being flustered, like as into the character. Is this uh, over saying, it? Why, like, yeah. Why are you guys bringing this to me? That was a good scene. It and uh, when you shoot with digital, you can do whatever you want. And it reminded me of, like Stanley Kubrick, you know, in The Shining. You, you know, when you get, he said when Jack Nicholson gets to like a certain. Uh, take number that's when he kind of come becomes unhinged and that's what he's trying to get to and they they talked about thinking that maybe actors commentary they said you know they get him to go through a couple of takes to get the acting out of the way yeah because then you get i think sorkin was talking about it because then you get to the place where you've got it down and now 
now you're like kind of living it. You're not thinking about the lines. It's just, it's just boom, just going, just being, it's getting acting out of the way. I was like, huh, interesting. Uh, one of my favorite scenes, like uh, it was just funny uh, when they were talking about the chicken scene and <laughs> and uh, Mark Zuckerberg is reading it in their their chronicle, their little newspaper. He's like, what what are, what are you doing? You're making us look bad and all that stuff. But it just that scene just reminded me of what it feels like to be hazed in a fraternity and just, like just the stupid stuff that you have to do. Um, that that scene is just funny. It's hilarious. You know, they made a big ordeal about this whole chicken that he was carrying around. Forced cannibalism. <laughs> I was feeding little pieces of chicken. I didn't know I couldn't do that. <laughs> oh man. Uh, another one. <laughs> another one of my favorite scenes that I mentioned before is 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 again towards the end when when Eduardo is uh, when he finds out he's been screwed over. Just yeah. I mean, man, he became Spider Man for real. The rage <laughs> of Peter Parker. I, honestly, watching this, um, I've got a, the first Amazing Spider Man, which I really enjoy. Like I, I'm, I'm gonna probably sometime this week pop that in and, and, and watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I dig Andrew Garfield. Also, I want to see him in Ninety Nine Homes, um, the film he did. A couple of years later, after the Social Network, okay. Um, actually, I think in between the two Amazing Spider-Man films, he mm-hmm. did Ninety Nine Homes. That scene at the end, his just man, just the rage when he's sitting down, and he gets the news, and the expression on his face, and then when he gets up and walks out that door, man, that walk, bam, 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 woo, got him, made him flinch. Yes, sir. <laughs> Any other favorite scenes? Uh, overall, man, I I like the um, overall style. But there's the Henley race um, with the twins when they're competing. Mm. Just the flow of that. And I always wonder, like, why does this look weird? Like, it looks small. Like, it looks yeah. microscopic. Like, why does it look like that? So they, camera. They, they use a, a lens called a tilt lens. Mm-hmm. And that's what made it look small. And if you, like, type in YouTube tilt lens and whatever, you will see how people are using the tilt lens to make just the world looks smaller, like a little playground. So I always liked that style. I just didn't know why it looked that way. Yeah, Army mentioned that in the, in the actor's commentary, that, mm-hmm. that, that how they'd use a special lens to, to capture that scene and make it look mm-hmm. the way it does. And I was like, I see look at Army, you know. or either It was Army or Josh. They kind of sound alike even in the commentary. <laughs> it's kind of hard to differenti- differentiate sometimes. Yes. Uh, but yeah, they made mention of that for that scene. And then and Henley, they let them come in and shoot. And then also... When you go into like the close-ups, those were separate locations when they shot that stuff. So the Henley race is one thing, but when you go to the close-ups, they were not at the Henley race. They were at separate locations. Man, just being on top of it with uh, with your production, man. Yes, indeed. Do you have any quotes? I got a couple of quotes. Uh, again, the one from Rooney Mara at the beginning says, You'll go through life thinking that girls won't like you because you're a nerd, but that won't be the truth. It'll be because you're an a-hole. Uh, and then, of course, the end quote, once again, from Rashida Jones, you're not you're not an a-hole. You're just trying really hard to be one. Uh, and then when when um, Eduardo sees the, the the cease and desist letter from the Winklevosses <laughs> and says, why didn't you show this to me? And then Mark just casually responds, it was addressed to me. I'm like, wow. <laughs> it's just so matter of fact. Yeah. And yeah, just straight matter of fact. It was addressed to me. Okay, um, and then when the Winklevosses, when they're when they're when they're keep going back and forth about you know why aren't we taking legal action yet? And then one of them says, Cause "It's, it's going to look like my brother and I are, are in skeleton costumes chasing the Karate Kid around the gym." Yep, I just I love that the imagery is perfect. I'm like, yeah, that's great, that is great. Uh, and then the last one is 
when they're talking about the the seed money that Eduardo had put into the company, he said, "Okay, you had already put in eighteen thousand, you put in another thousand, so that's nineteen thousand dollars." And he's like, "Wait, you know, Mark's like, wait, just checking the math, you know, just checking your math." Like, I came out with the same thing. I'm like, "Oh man, <laughs> jerk." jerk. <laughs> How about you, man? I like Rooney Mara when she was <laughs> when she was like, I'm pretty sure you're going to be like some su- successful computer guy. Yeah. I was like, dang. And then fast forward when he's trying to apologize and he she just like, hey, I'm here with my friends. And she's like, good luck with your video, video game. game. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally not technical. Good luck with your video game. Oh, man. I don't want to be rude to my friends. Yeah. I love how she handled that. I love how she handled that scene, man. It, it, it's biting, <laughs> but she's still like kind of, you know, yeah, slightly cordial, but a little condescending. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah. out of it, he's like, we need to expand. You know? He's yeah. Just, he's she's amused. Like, he's like, we need to expand. Got it. Mm. I like the, uh, when they first meet Sean Parker and, um, Edward was like, hey, I was thinking about advertising, uh, raising money that way. What do you think? It's too early. And then Jesse, uh, he's like, that's what I was saying. That's yeah. what I was saying. Yeah. You can see him in his mouth. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> that's just hilarious. A million's not cool. You know what would be cool? A billion. And the fact that they cut away to yeah. Andrew back in the deposition actually saying, I'm like, nice. Well done. Indeed. So yeah, that's all I got for quotes, and it's full of them in here. But especially dealing with this type of dialogue, Aaron Zorkin needs to write all of David Fincher's films. Mm. Zorkin, man, he's on top of it, man. He's 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 the dialogue master. Mm-hmm. Filmmakers, you filmmakers out there, we have tips for you that um, David Fincher dropped, sprinkled into this commentary that you can pass on and you can use in your films. One that I had is uh, look at independent films and. When you look at independent films, you can discover new talent. And that's how Jesse was discovered in this way. Yes. And tagging tagging along with that is that when you're casting people who are 19 and 25 years old, you don't need people with a large body of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, finding some of those indie films uh, or someone who has maybe only one or two films, um, you know, it can be a great way to do so. So the the twins, the big, the big special thing about this film is how uh, they were able to use army hammer make two of him because <laughs> i thought the same thing i thought he was a twin yeah uh but so using technology of you know taking a picture of a face and pasting it onto another actor using cgi but um outside of being able to do that there's some practical ways that you can do that which they actually use in this film and one is using a split screen so whenever you split screen somebody you basically have the camera locked down and you have like a like an invisible line or or you know there's a part of the film where they can't cross a part of the frame where they can't cross over and you record your actor on one side of the frame and after they're done with their side that same actor goes on to the other side maybe switch costumes or whatever and they mm-hmm. do their thing and they got to make sure that they don't cross over that line and then it's locked down and you paste together later and that's using the split screen uh, method also, they use um, a more advanced way of doing the split screen is using rotoscoping. You have you're doing the same thing, but you kind of cut around. You can do this in like After Effects, and you cut around the person and kind of each. And that's it's a tedious job to because you're going frame by frame as they're moving their mouth and they're moving their body, 
and you're cutting them out of the frame. Fincher made a real quick comment. I had to actually stop and rewind it uh-huh. uh, because when he talks about some of the similarities between Army Hammer and Josh Pence in terms of some of the scenes and some of the tricks they use, and he said, well, you know, it's tens of thousands of, of, of dollars in digital work. Um, some of it went to went to waste uh, because of some of the angles that they they, yeah. they they used to kind of hide things. And I was like, oh, man. Was it a, a specific, like, a scene that was going on? No, because Pence and, and Army Hammer have so many, like, similar features. There right. are certain things that they cut away from where they didn't use, I guess, some of the, the, the digital work or, or didn't need to. Yeah. Um, but I think maybe it had already been done at times. So mm-hmm. I was like whoa okay yeah um or like um for example when they were at the uh the henley at the henley race and they're kind of talking about they're in the back room kind of talking about should they sue um mark zuckerberg or whatever and then you have yeah the army with the hair slicked back one twin and the other twin is kind of fluffy um you have one looking at us and one kind of like in the background Mm -hmm. and you can kind of put him in using like just blue screen you just put them in so it's the same guy right just doing the same thing you don't have to actually you don't have to paint the face on so i, I you can kind of pick up on that because when you see him cutting between uh, both armies it's it's real clear now the times that you can tell that it's cgi is when they're rowing the boat together and the shots on both of them wasn't going back you can see the digital face kind of like trying to react and things like that and then also when they first meet mark zuckerberg and they go into their private fraternity uh, room you can kind of see the face floating just a little bit so slightly but be, but when they when they use like the practical effects like the split screen and all that stuff when they cut to that stuff it, your brain just readjusts and you use like you never did see the cgi mm-hmm. also uh this day like that technique of using two people at the same time is getting even more advanced so there is uh remember ridley scott in alien covenant when they used the david and walter remember the guy actually touched the guy he actually touched him and they did that using a roll uh a robotic camera and it was very advanced and i forgot like the name of the camera oh, and all man. that stuff right so he was able to touch him I was like i think he kissed him he touched him he did all kinds of stuff so uh with michael fassbender so go back to alien covenant to see like even more advanced ways to put the same person in the same frame mm. and speaking of going back it's a little late to say this but uh yeah Make a commentary, there will be spoilers. <laughs> You've been late, it, and yeah. that's not even a warning. Yeah, it's just, it's, uh, hey, yeah, it's happening, it's been happening. Yeah, so pretty much. <laughs> but, uh, as far as other, other tips, have consultants, yeah, uh, on hand when dealing with uh, technical jargon and or even like languages so you can remain authentic. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of hacking and, and coding talk taking place. And while your actors can go and try to get prepared and, and the actors did some of that, um, mm-hmm. Jesse tried to learn some coding talk from some people close to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew Garfield had some people talk business and economics with him. But uh, it pays to have people on on hand who are experts in the field. That yes. way they can help punch up even elements of, of Sorkin's script to speak to these things and I mean he he had somebody who like was they, they listened to the dialogue and say no that's dumb that doesn't make sense and they would say oh yeah, yeah. and literally have to go sit down and work out some codes and equations and say okay, this is kind of how it should talk or wow. sound so yeah have those consultants on hand for technical things and language that's crazy because also because this is a time period piece so the computer consultant also was like, okay, in this particular year, the, this version of the software, you would write that code differently, but you wouldn't think of that. You wouldn't really think about it. You just great. like, 
like, oh man, but people that are into these things, uh, they would know that right away. It's like, oh, this is garbage. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you have certain scenes that are done for the sake of not being reality, but the sake of perception. So mm-hmm. at the very beginning, when, when, when Mark is upset after speaking with Rooney's character, Elizabeth's character, and is in his dorm room and, he, and, he, and he's typing and he's slandering her on his blog mm. and, and beginning to, to do this face smash thing and it's cutting to images of this party that's taking place. Uh, yeah. And Fincher talks about that that party is, is, is a, it's an omnipotent yet subjective uh, almost imagination of, of a party that's taking place that the people aren't maybe potentially aren't there but they're thinking okay what would it be like if I missed this party you know just how hyped up it would be I mean, at the same time you know Fincher did his research uh, and, and you know why some things are punched up a little bit for the sake of of, of it being kind of a fantasy of, of what we're missing you mm-hmm. know the, the, the hotness of all, all the women and, and, and things like that but you know things as far as like some of the drugs that were you know readily available like that Said, you know, from his research, people he talked to, that was that was legit. But it's interesting to hear them say because I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have thought that you know that scene was a like imagination of, of what it's like to miss the party. I was just thinking, yeah, oh, I, I think was that thinking that that's that just was happening. actually happening. Yeah, that's what I thought yeah. too. But it was it was fascinating to to, to hear that. Also, the um, in the scene with the, in the deposition where the papers are moving around and people are like moving papers, pens, and things like that. Um, the actors determine what those were like that wasn't written in a script sometimes in a script certain actions are written out but it wasn't written in the script and they determined when they were going to do their thing and it reminded me of again going back to seven when our guy morgan morgan, morgan freeman morgan freeman Reginald, i'm gonna expect you to remember my name sooner or later thank you <laughs> so when morgan freeman remember he was going through the pictures and stuff like that and he was like he'll stop on one and he's like connecting the dots and he's moving the stuff and david fincher thinks that he's, he's knowing being specific <laughs> I was just moving the papers around. <laughs> <laughs> Less is more. Yeah. Yes. So that's what it reminded me of. I was like, here we go with these papers again. Oh, man. <laughs> so so just leave it up to your actors because you don't need to. Some stuff don't need to be directed. Yes. That's good. That, that's real good. A uh, couple of real kind of quick shots. You know, if you're dealing with food, refresh it frequently. Oh, God. Um, yeah. when, they're, when they're sitting around with, with, with Sean and he's kind of, you know, doing the big kind of pitch for them and all that, and they, you know, they had to refresh the food quickly. But also be aware of um, with certain takes. Be aware if you're working with David Fincher and there's food involved, you might, you're going to eat a lot of food. Yep. Uh, so you might want to come with an empty stomach. Um, to add to that, um, in the documentary, um, when Army and the other guy, Josh, they, Josh, I they talked. They talked about that scene. They did. With, okay, with the burger with the two double burgers. So yeah. you will see him. He will bite it, and then he'll spit it out. Makes sense. They they were like they would show him spitting out, and it looked good too. Yeah. <laughs> well, Army was pissed because he would have to when, when Josh would do something like that. Then Army would have to then go and redo the scene. Also, that's right. He'd have to redo the same scene. So when Josh was going in hard on those burgers. You know, then Army would have to say, by the end, like, he was just, you know, taking bites out of these cold burgers. He was, he said, oh, I, was, I was so pissed at you, dude. <laughs> and Josh thought, Josh, Josh had thought about it in the midst. He goes, oh, man, man, I shouldn't have gone in so hard on those burgers because, you know, Army would have to replicate it. It looked good, though. I mean, with the, with the shot that they use, they use the big burger. And I'm like, I'm hungry. But when you see when you see it, it's literally just one shot of one bite. And I was like, oh, man, that's that's Fincher, though, doing doing what he do. Yes. 
Uh, and la- last uh, tip I have is that uh, it's important that your actor uh, know the difference between themselves as the actor, the real life person they're playing, and then the character of the person they're playing. And Jesse Eisenberg did a, a real good job. And even Fincher mentions at the beginning of this commentary that mm-hmm. this is a, a character of Mark Zuckerberg yeah. in the film. Uh, hmm. Yeah, I thought that was fascinating to to make mention mention of. Yeah, that that's always strange, you know, when you're doing films like that that's based on real people because people are like, hey, it's not like that, you know, and uh, especially since it's so close, you know, when they when they made this film, you know, Facebook, even, you know, to this day, of course, it's still hot, you know, but it was on fire back then. Oh, yeah. Well, I think especially when you don't have a chance to actually meet the person and if they aren't consulting on the project, yeah. then you almost to take it. You have to take it as this is a character of that person. Yeah. Uh, if you're not meeting with them directly, because even Andrew said he he's 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 never met um, Eduardo. Wow. Yeah. Never, never met him at all. Didn't even know how he spoke. Kind of just worked with the dialogue coach, coach to come up with the, with the accent and all that kind of stuff. But had never actually actually met them versus again army and josh had actually they had met the winklevosses and, and had multiple conversations so interesting yeah um decide on a point of view um david fincher had to decide on okay did mark zuckerberg did he steal this idea and david fincher had to come because he people asked him that all the time so did he, did he actually steal it did he, did he? so it was like no <laughs> you know kind of went with the point of view it was just like no he didn't steal the idea it's you know it's business it is what it is and when you go when you decide on that point of view that determines like how everything flows from the film so if he decided to be like all right the point of view is Mark Zuckerberg stole this idea the whole movie changes I don't know that it has to change that much because I think I think you could watch this film mm-hmm. and still think that he stole the idea Yes, but I because mean, at the end, tr- he he does pay. He 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 pays out. He pays he pays the the mm-hmm. brothers and and his partner. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think I, don't I think it was just their rightful all. due. But I think if if the point of view is that he stole it, but why would he have to pay anything if it was if if he, if he hadn't stolen anything? Why to the, would you he talk about to, to the Winkle bosses? Yeah, why well, would he have to pay them? Because I think they were his they're his business partners. Period. At the beginning, and then he's just like, "I'm gonna just do this. I don't need you guys." Saying you're in business with somebody, they didn't write one line of code. I don't. I don't disagree with that. Yeah, I, I'm not disagreeing with that at all. But why would he have to pay them anything? And but he can still be like I was saying earlier. Like you can still be right, but you still have to pay out because it's just legal. You get, it's a lawsuit. You know, it's but if you have but a, if he was in the clear. And if he's got all this money, then why would he matter. have to pay anything? He it doesn't say matter. he would have said, no, you, you've got no case. Yeah. If, if, if they didn't have a case, then he would have been in the clear. But he had all those emails and what they had presented. So, yeah, the thing is, like, for Facebook, the code, they didn't write it. So they. Not disagreeing with that. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't do. They didn't write anything. He didn't. He didn't. Well, I don't know. They didn't write any code. But the, the even but even the name, though, right? Didn't they. No, they were called the Harvard Connection. He, yeah, he, yeah. Mark Zuckerberg got the domain, wrote the code. All they mm-hmm. did was wanted to him to write stuff for them. Yeah, but that didn't happen. No, <laughs> even though he said he said he said he would. Uh, but I'm saying if um, the, if the director's point of view was like, yes, Mark Zuckerberg did steal this idea, mm-hmm. a lot of choices would be different or darker. I think it would be. Yeah, the choice would be just different. The point of view would be different. I, I wonder if if there's a difference between 
like kind of what you were saying, like being in the right, like say doing doing something, whether it's whether it's you know killing someone and, and make the determination, okay, was it self defense or was it mm-hmm. or was it murder? Like how how you play that, and is this person remorseful uh, about it? Like those are you've got the action itself, mm-hmm. you've got the perception of the action, and then you have the reaction of the character, uh, and where Zuckerberg. The character of Zuckerberg in this movie sits is that okay, I've got an uh, an idea that I used mm-hmm. to make my own business that was influenced, the minimum influenced by people that I said I was going to do business with and, and make a side for. But then I took that and I and I, and I built my built my own thing. I'm like he made his own thing, the code and everything, built it from the ground up, and and brought on partners and and, and whatnot and. Feels no remorse. <laughs> right. Feels no remorse for what the only thing that he slightly feels a little bit of remorse for is I think how things went down with, with Eduardo. Because he, he was a true partner. Mm-hmm. They gave him seed money and, and a true friend. Yeah. Because when they even asked him, said, you know, well, if you knew our partners, if, if you if you knew our my clients came from money, the Winkle bosses, why didn't you go to them to ask for money to start your business? And he said, Because I wanted to do business with my friend. I wanted to go into business with with, with my friend. So yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, so that so decide on your point of view. Was it going to be because people are going to ask you like, so did he do it? Da da da. And from this, I don't get get away from it that it that he did steal the idea. It was just more this is business, you know. It's like what's his name? It's brutal ambition. He's not likable. So if he was more likable, I think more people would probably be on his side. But he's definitely not likable in this movie. So is he? Did he have to pay the Winklevosses because he said he would do business with them and he didn't come through, or did he have to pay them because it's inferred that he borrowed a concept that they that they had that he and, and, and built well, something without without bringing them in on it? From this film, they painted it as if they gave him the idea, so mm-hmm. they did have an argument. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know what the actual case. You know what the argument was in the actual case. Sure. So that'd be different. So I don't. I don't really know. But based on this film, it was just we gave you the night the idea. Sure. And I, yeah, and yeah, and it's it's fascinating. Yeah. But through the interactions and all that stuff, you did have some kind of business relationship with these people, even though you were ignoring them. <laughs> so yeah, that's you know, true. yeah. So he was ignoring them. That he's guilty of that. Of being, but that's of, not a. But that in and of itself doesn't seem like it's a crime. Okay, you said you're gonna. They I don't think paid, it was. They, a, they haven't paid you anything. I don't think know? it was a crime, but it's uh, it's an argument, you know. And the lawyers can paint whatever picture they want to based on you not responding. Sure. And then Rashida kind of illustrated that later on. You know, you can get the jury to um, plant, plant to think to doubt, doubt, plant yeah. doubt, just do a question. So it's better just to settle out of court. So he wasn't guilty. They just settled. And say he's not guilty, but that that's even that's subjective though. The settlement's a settlement. <laughs> sure, right, but you say, but you said he wasn't guilty. I'm like, well, that that's subjective though to say that he's not guilty. But he, yeah, he did. He wasn't found court. guilty in court. He just settled out of court. So he never went to trial. So yeah, yeah he, he settled out. So there wasn't a trial. So he, he couldn't be found guilty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you're saying if it's illegal or uh, legal, it's like I'm, I'm not saying I, I'm, I'm not yeah. saying anything definitive <laughs> either way. But I'm, I'm, I'm just—it's just fascinating. It's, yeah. it's fascinating. But going back to the original point of you know choosing a side, as far as you know, say oh you know wherever, wherever he sits, mm-hmm. I think I think the way the film is is done, like I, I'm I'm still like hmm. 
I don't I don't I don't know how I feel about. It. I think that he did make Facebook and he built it and coded it and right. all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Winklevosses, you know, may have had an I may have had an idea um, or had an idea, whatever the case may be. But but yeah, I, I still I, st- I still find myself looking at Zuckerberg thinking I don't I don't see him as a quote unquote good guy. Definitely um, not. Yeah, and so. Uh, Definitely again, not a good. This guy. is also just based on the portrayal. Yeah, on the in, film. Yeah, in the film. Portrayal in the in, film. In the we film, don't know what which which he didn't consult on. Which is also another thing. I'm always like, okay, well, what's what's his full side of things? Uh, and what does that mean when they're silent? Mm, yes, sometimes people say silence. <laughs> sometimes it can speak volumes, or or often I find that silence can mean yes. <laughs> often, like uh, like you ask somebody a question and they're quiet and don't don't have answer, don't have a retort. Yeah. A lot of times that, that could be taken as guilt, but guilty. <laughs> but no, I like guilty. it. That, I like it this, that this movie sparks conversation, like we're yeah. having now. Yeah. Like, no, what, what, what is it? What does it mean? And you gotta cut the check, man. Yeah. You gotta cut the check. Yeah. It was in his best interest. At the end of the day, dropping the bucket. I mean, yes, millions of millions. And he's right. At the end of the day, he's right. But you still gotta cut the check. Mm-hmm. They they didn't create it. Him and his buddy did. Yeah, that's true. Hey, it's, it's the cost. But that's the reason why he had to pay his friend a lot more money. Mm-hmm. The undisclosed. <laughs> yeah, the undisclosed the amount. Undisclosed. He, he, I'm pretty sure he felt guilty about it. How much that. is it? Too much to mention. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so what else? So, yeah, decide on a point of view. So did he steal the idea? All right, so there's a way that you can make people feel like they're in the same room by having them throw something. Um, or interact with somebody. So you had Army's character. They was on like one side of the frame, then the other characters on the other side of the frame. And they're like, I think he was like throwing a bottle. What was he throwing at him? He was it like envelope for him to catch. I can't remember what he threw at his brother. The book was it? A, it was a book. Oh, yeah, the, the, hand, the, 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 the handbook. handbook. Yeah. So he threw the handbook, but they shot that two separate ways because it's Army. And so mm. you think that they're interacting because visually you see the book being thrown. Mm. So that's a way you can connect somebody um, by having them interact with an object. Visually, it works. And your brain's like, yeah, they're in the same room. Totally. Uh, David Fincher talks about how, like, so many actors just want to be liked or be or play likable characters. And it's brave to go 100 percent and be the unlikable guy. Mm. And Jesse Eisenberg just went on and relished in being the unlikable dude. Yeah. Even though, like, you can hear from other actors that he's a apparently pretty pretty likable person. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he is convincingly just, man, yeah. And like you were saying, like, in the, in the movie Detroit, you know, you're not going to look at that one guy that, the same anymore, you know, as an actor. Because you pay racist too good. Yeah. Now, I've seen Jesse in, um, he's in Zombieland. Mm-hmm. Batman v Superman. He was in another another. He's he's in another film where he, he That's like a strong grip. Oh, what did you say? It's <laughs> a strong handshake. I wouldn't want to mess with that man. <laughs> um, uh, he's in another film where he's like playing a doppelganger of himself almost. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, American Assassin. So that's another film that he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it American Assassin? Frame. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, Something like that, mm-hmm. where he he he's like a sleeper agent and yeah. kind of wakes up, and it's him and a uh, Kristen Stewart mm-hmm. uh, in that. I hadn't, I didn't see it, but um, but he seems to be playing a more likable. Was bloody. Yeah, it seems like he's playing a more affable character potentially mm-hmm. in in that. Um, the entire film was shot with Aperture one point three. So dear God, the <laughs> the, um, 
Um, I'm trying to see how I can explain this. So whenever you have the aperture that low, you're trying to get depth of field. So everything behind a character is kind of out of focus or in focus. And when they shot digitally, and in order to achieve this, so like, for example, the shot when they were outside of the, was it the Jewish fraternity mm-hmm. party? And they come outside and they're only lighting the scene with like two practical lamps. And they're able to do this by opening the aperture, opening the aperture to 1.3. So even though it's 1.3, it's like wide open. So it lets a lot of light in. Light in. Mm-hmm. And to keep that depth of field during the day, and keep it at 1.3 so you can still have the depth of field. You got to add ND filters where basically it's like sunglasses for your camera lenses. So they had to put a lot of ND filters in front of the lens in order to still shoot at 1.3. Mm. So for your nerds out there, I shot it on the red. But the, in order to keep that depth of field, that's what they had to do. My God. Also, being a guerrilla filmmaker really comes in handy. Even on a budget like this, they still had to be like guerrilla style in it. So there's a shot where you see uh, Jesse Eisenberg running after getting broke. after His girlfriend breaks up with him and he's running outside Harvard. So that's actually in front of Harvard where he's he's walking in front of. It's like these little pillars there. So um, the DP said the pillars you couldn't see. And these are iconic pillars that enter into Harvard and he's running by them. Um, so what they had to do, they had somebody on the ground playing like he's a clown or a mime and he walked into the little arcway of where these pillars are and had a battery powered light turned the light on and was like doing mime so he can light that scene then they had cameras across the street at a private building because harvard wouldn't let him on campus campus. uh they had four cameras up on the private building across the street shooting down on eisenberg as he's running in front of harvard wow and those four cameras are like literally like stitched together so it created like a panorama looking image whoa yeah it's pretty awesome i did not know yeah so gorilla gorilla style straight up so they (laughs) (laughs) so they figure by the time if cops come and try to see what this clown this mime guy is doing they'll be good with it they're out they're done they mentioned in the, uh, I think Army mentioned this in the commentary that when they, they did a screening, uh, college screening at Harvard at mm-hmm. one point, and it showed one of the buildings that obviously they, they shot at the other school. Mm-hmm. And it said, they heard one of the students in the audience say, hmm, that's not Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> that's not Harvard. That is not Harvard. Well, too snoopy. Mm. Um, they had three weeks of rehearsal before actually shooting. And that was with Justin Timberlake, Andrew Garfield, Aaron Zorkin, David Fincher. And Jesse Eisenberg? Yes. And just kind of just talking about the dialogue. It wasn't really just rehearsing so much. It was just like trying to fine tune the dialogue. And David Fincher wanted to really know like the thought behind certain words and things like that. And it was um, like, for example, David Fincher, when Andrew Garfield was breaking up with his girlfriend and light lit stuff on fire. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm going to L.A. And also, I'm breaking up with you. He doesn't like the word also. He yeah. Like so he's like, he was like just stuck on that. You know what I mean? Like, like, hey, man, I don't know what you can do. But that's just the nature of Zorkin's way of talking. Yeah. And, it, and sometimes he'd have people do it, you know, with or without just to get the right the right feeling in the in the documentary and we talked about this before like david fincher and actors and you know how do they feel to you know what's the, what's the process is he an actor is he the uh the the actor's director where they like it is you just a straight technical guy like what's going on with this 
Um, but um, Andrew Garfield was talking about that, like, he likes things the way that he likes them. And if you're not giving him that, you basically, like, kind of become a slave. That's <laughs> what he said. Mm. <laughs> you become a slave in a way. So you got to, like, tweak it to do it to kind of like his liking. Even if you're giving him something else that you think, like, an actor would give, it's not exactly that. He's making a movie that he wants to see. So things that seem right to an actor uh, in this particular case is not it just doesn't work because sure. it's like his own it's his own thing. And it depends on just how 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 well that matches up. Because with Jesse, mm-hmm. you know, him and Fincher had a lot. Of, you know, you know, he only mentioned a few times where they like disagreed, and he he did this, did that, and then he found out, oh, I did this because Mark did this in an interview or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, okay, no, we'll go with that. You know, so kind of just just depends. It does depend. And then uh, Eisenberg, he said at first he couldn't wrap his mind around. Uh, David Fincher, even though he was thoughtful, but he said he talks like esoterically, couldn't really, you know, he said it was kind of frustrating. Um, he said it was, it was frustrating at first uh, because he wouldn't, he wouldn't outside of that, that the first scene when they did the 99 takes outside of that, he said he just didn't get that delight. Like, Oh, have we achieved it? Cause a lot of times he, he was uncertain. He didn't know if, if we had it or not. As far as uh Fincher or, or, or Jesse. Okay. Jesse, my bad. Um, yeah, so some, he said sometimes it was frustrating as an actor just because he, he didn't know if he was doing, if he was achieving the goal that he was supposed to achieve. And, you know, he keep doing these takes, doing these takes, and then, and then David's like, all right, we're good. <laughs> He's like, did we even do anything? Mm. You know, outside of that 99 takes where they got, you know, they really enjoyed that. But out, outside of that, he, he felt like he wasn't really achieving that. He also puts a lot of pressure on himself. He mentioned in the mm. commentary that he, leading up to, to scenes, big scenes and shoots, that he, he gets a panic or anxiety attacks mm. uh, leading up to some scenes. So I'm sure he's, he's, he's real hard on himself. But then going back to listening to David Fincher and when he's talking, he's like, man, he, the, the things that Jesse does and, like, you know, his face. and He, he likes him a lot. Yeah, so, he, like, you see Fincher, like, commenting on the way that somebody is doing something. Um, but maybe there's just a disconnect on, you know, what, how to get there. But, you know, the way to get there is those takes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Clearly. Yeah. I mean, that's, 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 <laughs> that's his method. The way, that's how we get there. Throughout, yeah. We're going to have more. We're going to have more than enough coverage. And, uh, yeah, we're going to get there. 268 hours of footage. Wow. Cut down to two. No. <laughs> but, you know, it, this movie is it's it's well done. Masterpiece almost. Hey, I, I got no complaints. Yeah. That's all I got, brother. Anything else? No, man. Um, music, I, music's good. Music is, is memorable. I think when I, when I yeah. first heard the, the, the cues, I was like, this is different. But it 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 works. Trent so, Reznor, man. There is a um, there's a special feature with the music, and something called the Samatrox or Samatron. I can't think of the name of the, the the device that they use. So it was some weird device that he said um, somebody I think it was New York. They they made this handheld device, and he played the keys on it, and it it's a unique sound, and it's uh, throughout this film. It's it's real mechanical. It's uh, it's hard to explain what it is, but it's playing in the background. It sounds like industrial, and then he's playing chords on top of that sound. Yes, I mean, it's perfect. It's perfect for this film that mm-hmm. is dealing with technical jargon and dealing with hacking and coding. Yes. And, you know, VCs and Silicon Valley. and So I take it that we like this film because we're at an hour and 48 minutes. <laughs> whoop, whoop. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> a lot, lot to say about the oh, social network. If you haven't man. seen it, go and check it out. Check it out. Well done. Well done. If you tune in next time, we will be checking out Thor Ragnarok. Directed by Taika Waititi. Yeah, I've been watching this one like over and over again, like on Netflix. Mainly the sequence when Thor arrives at this weird planet. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Anyhow, so um, if you want to... <laughs> Tired. We tired. Oh, man. Uh, If you want (laughs) to catch us on social media, you can catch us where? At Facebook.com forward slash Filmmaker Commentary. Also on Instagram at Filmmaker Commentary. You can also find us on iTunes. You can like and subscribe. We definitely would love your your comments uh, as well as your reviews. You can find Reginald on Twitter at Reggie Titus. Also on Instagram at Reginald Titus Jr. You can find me at KTG Smith 32 on both Instagram and Twitter. And also on our Instagram at Commentary, and until next time, peace. Peace.